Hello, listeners. Did you know we rely on donations to keep this podcast going? All donations help us to help you and other parents. You can donate on the Smarter Parenting website and consider signing up for the Silver Tier Coaching, and you get so much in addition to helping us help parents. You can use a credit card, Google Pay, Apple Pay, or PayPal. Every donation helps. Thanks. This is episode 109. We welcome you to the ADHD Smarter Parenting Podcast. Here to heal and elevate lives is your parenting coach, Siope Kinikini. Hello, everyone. How are you? I hope you're doing well. Thank you for joining me wherever you may be, running your errands, doing housework. The thing I love about podcasts is it allows us to connect. It allows you to keep doing what you need to do because I know parents are so busy and there's so much going on in the world. So thank you for joining me. Today, we are going to be talking about effective negative consequences and effective positive rewards. Now, that's a huge topic to talk about. A lot of parents struggle with this. They struggle with what's an effective consequence for a negative behavior. What would be an effective positive reward for a positive behavior? And this conundrum that a lot of parents run into can really make or break your ability to teach your child what they need to do. Now, this podcast, during this time that we're together, I'm going to introduce you to Sylvia and her four children. We're going to talk about my interactions with them and in teaching them how to think about effective negative consequences and effective positive rewards. So you're going to learn more about them and their story. But during this podcast, I want you to leave understanding three very specific things. First, I want to help fix your perception of how to approach effective negative consequences and effective positive rewards. Second, I want you to focus on teaching versus punishing. The whole goal is to teach. And number three is, why is this approach more effective than any other approach? Why does this work? So those are the three things we are going to cover. And when you finish listening to this podcast, you should be able to walk away understanding this. I want to first fix your perception about effective negative consequences and effective positive rewards and how it fits into your parenting. I want to help you focus on teaching and not punishing. And I want you to understand why this is so effective, why the way we use it here on Smarter Parenting is so effective. In order for us to continue, I do need to explain a little bit for those who are new listening to the podcast. There are five components that make effective negative consequences work. And they are the exact same five components that make effective positive rewards work. Let me tell you what they are. First, a consequence or a reward should be immediate. And depending on your child, it can be given right after the behavior. So if a child exhibits a good behavior and they're very young, you want to reward them with something just to reinforce that their behavior led to something positive. Same thing with a consequence. So you want to make it as immediate as possible. For older children, it may take a little bit more time. You can have some time in between there because they can still make a connection from the behavior to the outcome. So the first component is it needs to be immediate. 
The second component, degree or size, you need to be sure that the effective negative consequences are given at the appropriate size or degree that the behavior is. So, for example, if my child had an issue and they, um, you know, broke a rule, let's say that my child didn't finish her chores, okay? I shouldn't be giving her a consequence for not finishing her chores that is too big. I won't ground her for a month for not doing her chores because that's too big of a consequence. The same thing goes for rewards. Say your child comes home with a good report for the day. You're not going to go and buy your child a car because that just doesn't – it doesn't match the behavior. So you want to be aware. If my child has this size of behavior and they're able to earn a reward or they need a consequence for it, you need to make it match. So don't give rewards that are so huge that it's impossible to keep up. Don't give a consequence that doesn't mean anything. You want to match the behavior and the consequence or the reward equally. Okay. Now, the third component is that it needs to be consistent. And this is something that parents need to be able to do. You need to follow through on issuing consequences and rewards when you say you are going to do them. This means don't, do not give threats about giving a consequence and giving a reward. You don't want to threaten your child. I'm going to do this if you don't stop that. You don't want to do that, okay? You want to already pre-teach to your child, which means you're going to explain to your child that if they behave a certain way, this is a consequence. If they behave in a positive way, this is the reward. So you need to be consistent and you need to follow through. Following through on your part will teach your child boundaries and it'll teach them, hey, my parent is consistent regardless, this is the way it's going to be. I will say this, in as far as consistency goes, like with my own child, I was very focused on consistency and they, her and her friends would have uh, – parties, you know, where they would hang out when she was younger in elementary school. And she had one friend who would consistently ask her if she could sleep over. Now, for me, I absolutely did not approve of any sleepovers when she was younger at all. And so I was so consistent with my child, my child knew what the answer was going to be. And so her friend kept saying, ask your parents if you can sleep over. And my daughter didn't even need to ask us. She just turned to her friend and said, the answer is going to be no. My dad's just my dad and mom are not going to agree for me to sleep over. Well, this friend was super persistent and said, hey, give me the phone. I'm going to call your parents and I'm going to ask them. Well, she did. She called me and uh, I picked up the phone and – she asked. She said, hey, she's over here. We're having a good time. Uh, can she sleep over? And I said, uh, no. And I said, you should have asked my daughter, you know, what she thought about that. And she said, I did. And she said that you would say no. And I started to laugh. And I'm like, yeah, because she knows how consistent I am on very specific things. So she knew beforehand. And that all led from the consistency on my end. So, sorry, I went on a tangent on consistency. But when you are consistent, it does teach your child boundaries and it helps your child know, okay, this is as far as I can go because if I go any farther, my parents can step in and 
they just know that there's a boundary there. So your job as a parent is to be consistent. That is component number three. If you're going to issue a consequence, be consistent. If you're going to issue a reward, be consistent. I will say I did give my daughter a reward for following through and telling her friend, hey, my parents are going to say no, and it's a no, because she was able to articulate that to her friend, even though her friend tried. Her friend even got her her mom on the phone to ask if she could sleep over, which is funny. And I said, no, I'm sorry. No, that's just a rule. And nobody's going to pressure me into doing something I don't want to do for the benefit of my child. I prefer to have my child here at home with us in the evenings. That's just the way it is. So parents are different. That was just a rule that I had, and I stick by it. So you can do what you want. That's entirely up to you. Now, let's talk about the fourth component. The fourth component is that the reward or the consequence needs to be important to your child. Okay? I get a lot of parents who will give a consequence to a child, and the consequence is not even important to the child. So if your child likes to stay home and stay in their room, you issuing a consequence saying, hey, you cannot go outside and play with your friends. You're going to have to stay home and in your room. That's not really a consequence. For the child, their perception is, wow, that's a reward. That's awesome. I'd love that. So evaluate what is important to your child. And you need to tie in the effective negative consequences or the effective positive rewards to those interests, what is important to them. So we've covered four, and the very last one is varied. Now, when I talk about varied, what I am saying is that as your child grows and as your child adjusts to consequences or to rewards, you are going to have to vary it. If you are consistently giving the same consequence for every behavior, just the same thing every time, it's going to wear thin after a while. Your child grows, they change, their interests change. You need to be able to look at yourself and say, okay, my child is in a different place right now, so I need to vary the effective negative consequence or the effective positive reward. I need to vary those. So those are the five components Okay, five components that make consequences effective and that make positive rewards effective. So we need to understand that because as I start to talk about Sylvia and her four children, it'll be important for you to understand that we had to go through this quite a bit. Now, near the beginning of COVID and quarantine earlier in 2020, I held a Facebook Live with the Children's Service Society organization here in Utah. The Children's Service Society is an organization that helps families. And some of these families were referred by the state of Utah, by caseworkers, families that are under duress or involved in the court system. We held two sessions, a Facebook Live in Spanish and one in English. And in our discussions, they would ask questions and I would explain ways that they could approach parenting issues, specifically related to COVID. But there were some things related to behavioral issues at home that we talked about during these sessions. During the two sessions, it was fascinating. I did one session in Spanish because I'm fluent in Spanish. And if you've listened to this podcast before, you know that. I, I lived in Argentina for a while. So I held one in Spanish, and then I held another one in English. So we had a kind of a mix of different parents and different approaches to parenting, you know. So it was it was a great 
Facebook Live that we did, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to share some of that in a future podcast where you can hear parents asking questions, and then I answer those questions. After the Facebook Live, it was recorded and, and shared through the Children's Service Society, and about a month after that Facebook Live, I received an email from a parent. Her name was Sylvia, and she has four children. All of them are under the age of 11. And the issue came up on how to work with effective consequences and effective rewards in order to help her children behave at home. She was a single mother. She struggled with their behaviors. She wanted to reinforce good behaviors, and she wanted to discourage negative behaviors. Now, as I started to talk to her, I started to realize that she was using consequences as a way to punish her children. So if they misbehaved in any way, it was focused on punishing. And that is a very poor place to be. That's not a great place to be because if we look at punishing your child, it's it's not helpful. It doesn't help your child move forward or make better decisions. So what I had to do was have both of us step back and I had to fix her perception of how to approach negative consequences and effective positive rewards. So we stepped back and we started to work through this process. And the example that I gave her was very helpful. So I'm sharing it here with you. I had her think of shopping at a supermarket. Now, when you go into a supermarket, wherever it may be in the world, you are going to find that if you need to cook something, you're going to go to the pasta aisle. Let's say you want to make spaghetti. Everything is packaged in a size that is relatable to to the majority of the people. Companies pack products based on specific sizes, right? So if you're not going to get like three tons of pasta to feed a family. They usually pack it in smaller packages and then they leave it up to you to decide how you are going to take the ingredients and then create what you need. You can choose how much you're going to take, but they have a specific amount. This goes for pretty much everything that you'll find in a supermarket. A can of soda, for example, it comes in a standard size that you can choose from. If you need more, you can grab more. But if you think about the psychology about a supermarket, they will prepackage things based on use and based on need for your common consumer. So whoever it may be, whoever walks into the store, they can make some judgments on how much of an item they need. But there has already been a design implemented in these companies of how much they anticipate people will need. So when I was talking to Sylvia, I started to explain this concept of consequences and positive rewards as being like a supermarket where you want to be able to choose the sizes that you need based on the behaviors that are going to happen. If there's a huge behavior, you may need a little more of the ingredients in order to address it. And so when you approach it that way and think about, okay, so it's prepackaged in a way that I can take it home and then make it work for what I need to do. And the reason that I had her focus on this is because you actually want to start off smaller. You never want to start off with bigger consequences and then try and trim them down. It's better to work from smaller consequences and and move up 
because it's easier for your child and it's easier for you. You don't want to start off big and then reduce. It's easier to start off small and then grow. So if she were walking through the supermarket and she noticed all these ingredients that are available to her, right, and they're prepackaged in a size, she needs to take into understanding, okay, who am I shopping for? I'm shopping for, let's say, my child who has this issue. You need to say, okay, I need to get some consequences from my behavioral supermarket and I'm going to take maybe maybe one package, maybe two. Because you can always go back to the supermarket and get more, right? And then she's going to take that home and then make it work for her child. So when I started to explain this to Sylvia, she got it. She's like, oh, okay. So I am actually choosing what will best work with my child. And I'm not just throwing things at my child. I'm, I have to really think through things. And in a way, I have to make a list and shop for what I feel my child needs in order to address the behavior. And I said, yeah, you need to approach it that way and say, okay, I am walking in the supermarket. I'm going to need some consequences. I'm going to need some rewards. I'm going to start off with this. If this doesn't work, I'm going to come back. And then I will restructure and recreate what I what I need to do. Okay, it was very helpful for her because then she felt free to explore other options. If you think about supermarkets, there's just so many ingredients inside and so many things you can create that this gave her permission to think that way about effective negative consequences and effective positive rewards. So I helped to fix her perception on how to approach consequences and how to approach positive rewards. Now, as we were talking, I started to explain to her the need to focus on teaching and not punishing. By definition, they're very different. So to teach is to instruct and to provide guidance. Okay? And teaching has an end goal that your student or whoever's receiving the teaching is going to be independent enough and have enough knowledge to carry out what they need to do on their own. It creates independence. Teaching creates independence. Punishing, on the other hand, is to inflict suffering. And parents don't want to inflict suffering on their children, no. Parents... There are some parents that do, but that says more about the parents who who are only focused on punishing and inflicting suffering, and usually those are parents who are suffering themselves. But parents as a whole want to see their children successful. They want to see them independent. They want them to be moving forward. And so that's where this focus on teaching is more important. So when you get your ingredients from the supermarket, you have to evaluate when you get home put it out on the table and say, okay, this is what I have to work with. In what ways can I use these ingredients in order to get the best outcome? So it was it was a fascinating discussion with Sylvia in helping her understand that we're going to focus on teaching. Now, Sylvia was involved with the Children's Service Society organization here in Utah because she chose to punish her children in ways that were extreme. There were a little more than they needed to be. And so we focused on, okay, let's let's take a behavior and what are we going to teach? She had a child who would go and play with friends and wouldn't come home even when she called her. 
So instead of punishing, we started to think of, okay, in what ways can we address this behavior with this child? Because we could do it both with a consequence for not returning home, but also with a reward if she did come home. Can you see how this opens up doors when you realize that both these concepts, effective negative consequences and effective positive rewards are so intertwined that you can actually work on one behavior using both to reinforce a positive outcome. So Sylvia and I talked about it. First, we wanted to focus on in what ways can we get our child to come home on time? So we were going to incentivize that by providing a reward. So we estimated, okay, what are some rewards we got from our behavior supermarket, right? What are some of the things that she's interested in? And then what is the right size for those things? Now, if you remember the five components, immediate degree, size, consistency, importance, and that it's varied, we are going to focus on if she returned home, she would immediately get a reward. And the immediate reward would be a sticker on her chart because she would be able to collect at the end of the week a a bigger reward if her chart was finished and full of stars. So the immediate reward would have been a sticker that she could put on her chart saying she followed the rules. Now, the degree or size, we kept it at the sticker because for her to come home, we felt like it wasn't worth something bigger for her to follow through because when you go big, you have to maintain consistency with that. So we wanted to do the sticker. It was motivating enough to have her come back and be rewarded with that. So that addressed the degree or size. So now we've covered two of those components, immediate degree and size. Now we had to focus on consistency. If her mom called her and she came home right away, mom had to drop everything as soon as she walked to the door Give her the sticker and say, great job, put it on your chart. Regardless of what mom was doing, she needed to take that time and be consistent about recognizing that her daughter did well. So consistent. Now, we focused on it being important, and the star chart that they had in their home was important to her daughter. The way that they set up their system was if they earned all their stars throughout the week, then they could shop in their family store, which mom created, and pick out something that they liked. So it has worked with the family, and so we wanted to continue to reinforce this idea that, hey, you can earn more if you just follow the rules. And then varied. And I said, okay, the star thing is going to work for a while. And as your child starts to change, you're going to have to adjust it to something a little different. You may even want to increase the amount of stars she can earn in order to um, keep her motivated and keep her engaged. Now, that was all focused on the positive side, so effective positive rewards for her to follow those instructions. So great, fantastic. Sylvia's like, oh, okay, I think this is great. And I said, okay, now what we're going to do is we are going to go on the flip side because now we're teaching her to come back on time. We're teaching her that she can earn rewards because of it. We're teaching her that we're on her side and that we're here to help her. Now let's focus on what is an effective negative consequence if she does not follow through with what you're asking her to do. Now in our discussion about that, we went back to the stars 
Okay, and she, Sylvia, was talking about. Well, maybe I should remove a star from her chart. And I said, No, you don't want to cancel out a positive behavior because of a negative behavior. If your child behaved well, then you want to recognize that behavior and say, Hey, you did well, and that's what it is. Okay. So in discussing that with Sylvia, it was interesting because for her, she's like, well, I'll just take stuff away, even though she's earned it. And I said, well, it's kind of tricky because what that does is it negates this idea that I can earn something and that it's it's a positive interaction and that the reward is is in some way more permanent than a negative behavior. And so what we're teaching is that, hey, I can behave well and then I do something my parent doesn't like and they're going to just forget that I did well. So Sylvia agreed and we decided to do a different consequence for her not being able to come home. So uh, what we did was instead of having the chart filled with one star, she would put an X in that space, meaning that space couldn't have another star in there, which would limit the amount of reward she could receive at the end of the week. Sylvia would put an X there if she didn't return back on time. Now, that was something that was immediate. So as soon as she did come back, she'd say, you know, you didn't come back when I asked you to come back. So I put an X in there instead of a star, which means you're not going to be able to earn as much in order to shop in our family store at the end of the week. We felt like this was a good degree or size because it matched the reward in a way. So she would either earn something at the end of the week or she wouldn't earn anything at all. Okay. And then consistency. And this is the idea that whenever she did come home, mom would either greet her with the reward saying, here's a star, or mom would greet her and say, okay, well, this is what you've earned is an X. You're not going to get a star this time because you didn't follow through. And that will limit the amount that you will be able to participate in at the end of the week with our family store. So it was the consistency, which is the third component. And then we evaluated how important that would be. And it's interesting when you have children and there are four of them all under the age of 11 and you create a store, of course, it's there's some competition in there on who can buy what and who can get what and based off of their behavior. So... It was important, and it was important for her daughter to be able to cash out as much as she could at the end of the week. So we felt like it was important enough. And then I talked to her about varied because that's the last component. So as your child is continuing to grow, you're going to have to change this up a little bit because this will work for now. And as your child changes and their interests change, you'll have to make some adjustments along the way. And so we talked about in what ways can we do that in the future. And so we talked about two X's in there to drive home the point that, hey, these are negative things that you are doing and they're impacting your ability to earn a reward and to continue to be successful. Okay, So if you notice, we have approached Sylvia's child in addressing this one behavior using both effective negative consequences and effective positive rewards. And as you can see, we've implemented all five of the components that make these effective in their child. So we talked about this is going to teach your child that, hey, I behave in a way that is appropriate. I follow through with what my parents expect from me. I will earn a reward. That's what we're teaching her. And if I don't, then I don't earn the reward, but that's on me. Okay. It's a wonderful 
way of providing autonomy for your children to make decisions on their own, but also teaching them the value of making good decisions. Now, the third thing that I wanted to talk to you about during this podcast is why this is more effective than other approaches. And I could list a million reasons, but I want you to understand when you can implement effectively negative consequences and effective positive rewards, what you are essentially doing is creating a path for success for your child. You're teaching your child that, hey, I have autonomy and I can make decisions. And based off of my decisions, I can go down a good path that will help me get what I want, or I can head down a negative path, which will limit my options. Okay, so it helps to create this idea of, hey, I'm independent, I'm moving forward. And if you know anything about child development, you will learn that as children grow, they are seeking independence. So in a way, you are helping them prepare for that independence by focusing on teaching them. The other reason this is more effective than other approaches of just issuing consequences or just issuing rewards is we are addressing a behavior from both sides. So if your child is more influenced by negative consequences, they're going to change the behavior. If they're more influenced and motivated by rewards, you're addressing that side too. We are covering everything in between when we approach problems this way. It's such a powerful way to focus on negative behaviors because instead of just saying, hey, you did something wrong, boom, 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 this is what happens, we're actually saying, hey, you can choose and there will be consequences to both of those. There will be outcomes to your decisions, but you have the option to make that choice. It's actually beautiful when you think about it. Absolutely beautiful. We do want to raise our children in this environment, in this world, understanding that behaviors themselves are neutral. The outcomes that come from the behaviors that we do uh, will be positive or negative, maybe both, but we, we have options and we have choices. So, yeah, we've covered quite a bit in this podcast. And again, the things that I wanted you to leave with are to fix your perception of how to approach consequences and rewards. A lot of parents get stuck. They just don't know what to do or they fall back on what they have experienced as children. That's not always effective because children are different and they vary and they change. So you want to be able to adjust to what your child needs, which may be completely different than what you needed. Right. So when you take into account that you're going to go into the behavior supermarket, you're going to see that things are packaged a certain way, you're going to have to make some decisions. Okay. How much of a reward am I going to need in order to get what I want? How much of a consequence am I going to need to get what I want? Bring it home and play around with it. I'm giving you permission, which is something I don't think parents feel like they have a lot of. I'm giving you permission to use the artistic side of parenting to parent your child because we don't want cookie-cutter options to say, okay, we're just going to boom, 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 make this work. Now, when I talked to Sylvia, I explained to her, you know, your children are all different. 
And you're going to find that you may do different consequences and rewards for different children based on their needs. And that's okay. It does not need to be the same, the same, the same, the same. And when you are talking to your children about that, because you may have a child who say that's unfair because, you know, boom, 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 it's different. You just explain to them, okay, all of you are different. All of you are different. And so we address things based on what people need and that's okay. That's okay. It also helps to encourage this idea of, hey, we are not the same and my parents don't just see everybody as just one collective, but each child is individual. So again, what I wanted you to leave with is to change and fix your perception of how to approach consequences and rewards. Take what you need, play around with it, find out what works, measure it against the five components that make consequences and rewards effective, immediacy, degree or size, consistency, importance, and varied. Okay, so fix your perception. Second, focus on teaching, not punishing. We do not want to inflict suffering on our children because that drives a wedge between our communication and our relationship. We want to teach. We want to instruct. We want to create an environment where they can grow up to become independent and make great choices on their own based on their values. So focus on teaching. If you are thinking about consequences and positive rewards and how you're going to implement them, ask yourself the question, is this going to teach them what they need to do to be better? Now, if we take the example with Sylvia and her children and her and her daughter who doesn't return home on time, when we laid out this plan on how she was going to implement this consequences and rewards, the whole time we were talking about, okay, is this going to teach? If you notice, there was nowhere in that interaction with Sylvia where we're like, well, let's just punish her until she gets it. No, we focused on rewards that would help her understand that her behavior leads to something positive. And then we focused on negative behaviors where she can lose something if she doesn't follow through. But in the whole interaction of using both consequences and rewards, we were focused on teaching. And then I ended by explaining why this is so important and why this is effective, why this is more effective than just throwing consequences. This is a really nuanced way to help children and for us to understand we have a society where it's more punitive if you think about it, okay? Sylvia and her family were introduced to the Children's Service Society through the court system. And the court system, for the most part, is largely punitive. It's like, you need to do this, boom, 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 here are the consequences. The correctional system is also punitive. It's very punitive. And yet we don't want to teach our children these maladaptive ways of interacting and engaging in the world by seeing the world as a punishing place. We want to help them grow in a way that will be helpful and productive for them in the long run. And that's what this does. Effective negative consequences, effective positive rewards. There is so much more we could go into with this because this is such an important topic and one of the topics that I get questions about all the time. In fact, frustrated parents will call up all the time and ask, I've done this consequence, it's not working. And then when we evaluate how they're implementing it, usually something in the five components is off. And then we just adjust that, make it work, and it tends to fix the problem. So 
yeah, we could cover this topic like forever. And I could share multiple examples of how this approach and how we look at consequences and rewards differently really do make the difference between an effective parent or a parent who's just kind of struggling through the whole thing, hoping things get better. This is very intentional parenting on our part. So I want you to be an intentional parent. It's important. Anyways, this has been fantastic. If you have any questions, sign up for coaching. Call me up. Let's do this. Let's talk about consequences. Let's talk about rewards. Let's find something that works really well for you. That's it for me, and I will talk to you again next week. Have a good day. All right, bye.